morning, everybody. My name is Ken Pfeiffer, and I get to serve as a missions pastor here. And whether you're joining us online or in person, I'd like to welcome you. If you're a guest and this is your first time, it's a perfect Sunday for you to be here because you're going to get to hear the very DNA of our church. It's our Mission Sunday, and this is like Christmas for me. So I'm so excited to be able to share some things with you, and I've got gifts for you being Christmas morning for me. I've got gifts to share with you through, the, through stories that you're going to get to hear. We've got, if you were here in person, you got to see out in the lobby more than 25 tables out there of our missionaries and missionary partners, ministry projects that we do. So you'll have an opportunity to visit with them in person if you haven't started on your way in already. If you're online, there'll be ways you can engage online as well and visit our website and you can get involved with them there. So we're going to unpack for you today and take you on a journey through our five mission strategies. Reaching the unreached, strengthening the church, responding to crisis, uh, advocating for children, and empowering women. Almost lost one there. But this is going to be a wonderful journey for you as you look and you get to see what God is doing through us. One thing I want to make perfectly clear before we start this, this is not about planting a bent tree flag or any other agency. God doesn't need us to do kingdom work, but he calls us into it. And he uses us and he allows us to be part of it, which is mind-blowing. So we get an opportunity to hear the stories of where we get to go and watch God at work and what he's doing. So I'm excited for you to be able to hear those stories. Our staff has been praying this last year through a, a, verse, a passage in Isaiah, chapter 60, verses one through three, and I wanna share that with you this morning. It's beautiful representation of what we're asking God to do. It says, arise and shine, for the, Lord has, the light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. You see, the darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Our prayer has been that the Lord would use us to bring the light of Christ to the darkest places of the world, right here in our community, to the ends of the earth. And we trust that he's going to do that and use us in that. But again, this is because of him and because of his son's finished work on the cross that we get to be part of it. I can't wait for you to hear these stories. And this is just the tip of the iceberg of what God is doing through this body and through our partners. We've got, as you'll see on the video we're gonna show in a moment, we've got dozens and dozens of people who are involved and what we're doing, and through your generosity, we're able to be involved financially with them as well, and going. Even though I lost both of my parents, I was able to gain some hope. Now, as I talk, I can now stand on my own. You are my Lord, you are my Savior. Please save me, please. Uh, watch all my Savior. I went back to my family. All my family, one by one, they became Christian. I 
remember just seeing children carrying in big jugs of change. And so that at the end, over $50,000 was raised for this project. You no, know, and that's what I love so much about Venture. We, we know you can count on you guys, whether it's, um, you know, a grief counselor to talk to, someone to babysit, or a place to crash when we are in the States. When we came back, the moment I stepped out of the vehicle, she just came running up the path and just jumped into my arms and gave me the hugest hug. I love feeling like I'm impacting someone's life who lives so far away. And we get to reach every family because of the humanitarian work we do. But the growth out of that has been that we have just seen revival break out. Well, good morning, Bentree. My name is Tammy Gray, and I have the privilege of being on staff here at Bentree working in the missions department with Ken. And the next part of our strategy that we want to talk about is strengthening the church. And to help me talk about that is my good friend, Carlos Alamino from Proclaim Cuba. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you for being here this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, I've had the privilege of going to Cuba twice now, once with yeah. Carlos, both times with Proclaim Cuba. It is a beautiful country with beautiful people, and it's a joy to go there. And here at Bent Tree, we send teams of students and women to strengthen the church there. And so I just asked Carlos to come and share a little bit about what has been going on in the church in Cuba, um, and just tell us anything that really the Lord has put on your heart to share with us this morning, Carlos. Thank you, Tommy. Thank you, Pastor Ken. Thank you, Ben Tree, for creating this opportunity for us to come here and share about what God is doing in multiple places in the world. In my case, in my love at Cuba. My name is Carlos Alamino. I am from Cuba. I moved with my wife in 2014 to Dallas. So we live in the Louisville area. And we are so blessed to be here today to share of what God is doing in my country. So I grew up uh, on a Pastor, as a pastor kid, uh, one great thing my parents did is getting me involved in the ministry since I was a kid. And then I grew up seeing the struggles of being a Christian in a country like mine. Uh, I grew up uh, seeing the consequences of not being able to go to the university because my thoughts were not aligned with the country, with the mindset of the country. And uh, seeing all of that, God was pushing us to continue working in the community, in the church, creating new opportunity for people like us that needed to be with a different mindset, is the mindset of the gospel, is the mindset of God working in the life of a person. That's why in 1991, my parents started this ministry called Proclaim Cuba. Uh, it, back in the day was uh, youth with a purpose. And, and today, in the last couple years, we have seen that the church is playing a major role in the country. So since COVID hit, basically, uh, the country had been in a completely lock lockdown. And that, that, had, that brought a lack of food like never before. 
also a lack of medicine, and people are dying. Thousands of people are dying in my country because they are not getting the, the proper, um, the health care that they need for the circumstances. And the church is stepping out and now is working outside of the walls of the church. Even that have been persecuted for so many years, now is the church what is driving the support to the community. We have seen Despite of lockdowns and everything that, the, that we lack in Cuba, over 9,000 people accepted Christ this year in Cuba because the church is outside of the walls. <laughs> Praise God. One thing that I have experienced in my life is that the, the best fuel for the gospel is the crisis. Because when you don't have hope, you are seeking for a hope. And we as a church, we have a hope that we can share and that, and that hope is called gospel. It's called God. So we are blessed to be working in the island. Uh, we have a pastor that lost his mom because COVID. And then uh, within 10 days, his father-in-law as well. And he called us and he said, I, I'm feeling that I need to go back to the hospitals and minister the people outside of the hospitals because they know that their families, when they get into the hospitals, they won't, they won't come out alive. So they have been outside of the hospitals, working with the families, giving food, bringing a trap, praying for them. And we have seen that people are accepting Christ like never before. So the, the, the soil is ready. The seed has been planted for years. And we are now harvesting the work that many people have been doing in my country for so many years. And thanks to the support of people like you, this wonderful church that have been supporting us, uh, we have been able to extend the gospel across the island. And if we are just sharing food, if we are just sharing medicine, and we are not sharing the gospel, I think we are making noise. We are just fixing an issue that will last for a few days. But if we share the gospel while we are doing all of this, I think we are facing an issue that will have consequences after life, that it will impact not just the person, but the family. So we are very proud to be working in my country. We have uh, 69 churches across the island, and only this year we are about to start seven new churches uh, because uh, everything that the church has been doing, and also because we need to multiply. So we need to multiply, and we are creating new opportunities in different communities, and the church is driving today. The church is the shelter of the community right now in Cuba. And we are very blessed for doing that. Please pray for us. It's important. This is encouragement. Every time we talk to Cuba and we say, we have people praying for you, you cannot believe the impact in their life. Keep supporting the mission uh, field in your church. And of course, after everything opens up, we would love to have you back to Cuba. The fine arts camp, it will be amazing. And the women ministry. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you so much for coming and sharing with us. Carlos uh, has an amazing personal story, and find him afterwards. Uh, he literally has a life and death God story that he, I'm sure he'd love to share with you, so go find him. But thank you for being with us here this morning, Carlos. Thank you. Yes, please do. So the next uh, part of our strategy that we want to talk about is responding to crisis. And to kick that off, we have a video that we'd like for you to watch. So take a look at the screens. My name is Melissa Mitchell, and I'm with walkwithme.global, and we work with refugees around the world, primarily in, in nine countries right now. We're about to enter our 10th. 
we have health and wellness, and that is medical and dental and trauma care. We have relief and development, and then we have another umbrella that we use, education and training. And those are catch-up programs for basic literacy for kids, their vocational training, and some technical training for college-age students. Most of the people that we work with are fleeing war-torn areas. Without a doubt, they're almost all fleeing some terror organization. It's ISIS, it's Taliban, it's Al-Qaeda. We have a lot of kids, as I mentioned. We have probably 100,000 orphans in this diaspora. And they're not necessarily orphans. They're, they're kids that might have been separated from their parents during the evacuations like happened just recently in Afghanistan. There's many camps that are just for women and girls who were captured by ISIS and abused by ISIS. And they have their own level of trauma. I held 10-year-old girls on my lap who had been sold in the city square with $5 signs around their necks or maybe just for a, traded for a pack of cigarettes. When we first started working on the borders, these girls were married off at 13 years old. And now that they've come through our programs, five years later, the average marriage age has gone from 13 to 18 for all the girls in our program. We have seen so much progress for these young girls. When we first started, 90% of them wanted to commit suicide. Now we have them in leadership roles within our projects, and they are thriving, and it's so good to see them. My number one question when I go in is, if you have something that you could say to the church abroad, what would you ask for? And they're asking for food, they're asking for medical care, they're asking for education for their kids, but they're not asking for a handout. They all ask me for work. So what we did is we just empowered the refugees themselves who run all of our programs anyway. They run our clinics, they're doctors and nurses. So they stepped up and we started taking them into Beirut with the funds that came from Bentry here. And over the course of like three or four months, we rebuilt three churches in very poor areas in Beirut, and I think something like 44 houses. So it's just a beautiful picture of what God can do when we all work together. I mean, you guys did your part, the refugees did their part, and I just get to be there on the front lines like watching the show. I think this year alone, when I, when I did my 2020 annual report, we had impacted the lives of more than 80,000 refugees. I want to thank you for jumping in and for partnering with us because the work that we're doing on the ground is absolutely incredible. And it's not because we're great, but it's because God is great and He uses our small steps for His glory. Thank you. What an incredible overview. I'm Michelle Attar. I'm the pastor of adult ministries here at Bentry, and I have the privilege of having Melissa Mitchell be here in person. Melissa is the founder of walkwithmeglobal.global, and Melissa is a 25-year veteran of working in the Middle East, she and her husband. And 10 years ago, God called her and said, you have gifts that I can use, and gave you a passion for refugees. And because of that, she is now um, representing one of our crisis response organizations. You've got some fascinating stories. I'm going to talk fast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so good to be with all of you here today. You know, one of the cool things that we get to do in our line of work is really just empower local believers so they can carry out the ministry of the gospel. And we do that through a lot of ways that you've seen on screen, but one of the, the neat crisis response areas that we work in is by shipping in 40-foot containers of equipment and supplies. 
And we do that um, really in cool partnerships around the world. And one of those started here in Texas. We partnered with Texas A&M University students. I'm sure some of you are out here, yeah. Um, Texas A&M students, they build our medical facilities, they build our education spaces, they build our dental clinics, and, and they have just come alongside us. And that's how we met Bentry for the very first time, because Bentry sponsored our first medical clinic that came from the Aggies, and that's been running in Jordan for about four years now. And we treat 100 patients a, a week on average in there, so super cool, cool project. But not only those types of containers go out, you know, we have 40-some projects running around the world, and so we need to get supplies into each of those projects. So they look different. Uh, we just came from the border of Afghanistan. I'm sure you've seen it on the news recently. But in Afghanistan, we're, we're doing a response for all the refugees that fled over the border on the Tajikistan side. So we're right now shipping a 40-foot container, and that contains supplies that they need just to restart their lives over because many of them just came over the border carrying their children, and they have nothing ahead of the winter, and they have to reset up. So that's what we're doing on the Afghan side. We also are doing, uh, we sent a, a shipment into Yemen. Now, Yemen's completely different story. Yeah, we have projects there, medical work and nutrition center. But in Yemen, people are literally starving to death. And so our partners on the ground there just said, can you send food? And one of the cool things for us is if I just got to come back here and say to partners, hey, we need food. I have no idea how to get it. But God opened an amazing door for us. And we were able to ship in a million meals to Yemen. And that is just a God story. I mean, amazing, you know. And from that work, our Yemeni leaders have just been able to take those meals and they have gone into the most remote places in the country just to give hope, to give hope to families who have no hope. And it's an amazing part of the ministry. But the last story I want to share is a Lebanon shipment because Lebanon probably has our largest projects running under our humanitarian umbrella. We have, I think, every project with under, under our scope is running there right now. Dental, medical, trauma, education, vocational trainings of all kinds. And those run along the border of Syria, about 20, 25 miles from Damascus, if you want to get a frame of reference. But in Lebanon, about a year and a half ago, we shipped a full year's worth of supplies into the country. And we were so excited. We're going through all the red tape to try to clear it from the port. And then all of a sudden, August 4th happens and this massive explosion just takes place in the port of Beirut. I don't know if you saw it on the news here, but it devastated like half of the city. Like 6,500 people were hurt and thousands lost their homes. All the doors and windows just blown off of like half the city. So in the aftermath of that for us, it meant that just like that, we lost a year's worth of supplies that exploded in the port. And you know, for a small ministry like ours, it was devastating, but even more devastating for the refugees that we serve because those items really benefit refugees, not our work. Like Pastor Ken said, we're not waving our banner. We're empowering locals. So in the aftermath of that, Bentry really stepped up. You guys just came in and helped with some other partners. And we were able, like I mentioned on the, the video, to just empower our refugees that, that have lived in this host country, some of them for seven, eight, nine years now. We just empowered them to go into Beirut and to do cleanup and to rebuild homes. And it was just a beautiful picture of God just reaching into the poorest areas of Beirut with the poorest people in the country. So super Super, super cool. 
But I wanna, I, that's, not the, that's not the end of the story. I wanna fast forward like one year, not, one year later where we are right now. Lebanon, as you might know, is really a country that's almost on the verge of collapse. They, it's, the infrastructure is pretty much collapsed after that. We, we don't have power, like nine hours a day in our programs. We're trying to switch to solar. You can't get access to anything in the country really at this point on the border where we live. Hard to get any supplies. Getting money in is even difficult at the moment. So our programs are in jeopardy there because we just can't really get what we need on the ground. But I'll have to say that God has done a complete miracle for us because a few months ago, I got a call from the team, almost one year to the day of the Beirut explosion. And the team is shouting, this is a God story. This is a Daniel story. He saved us in the fire. And when everything calmed down, I, I finally realized that the port authorities had called us. And one year later, they unearthed our year's worth of supplies. Yeah. <laughs> in the port of Beirut. So we are so thankful at a time that it's, it's really famine in the country that God has preserved these supplies for us and the, our work there. And we're so thankful for you at Bentry. And I wanna give one plug before I leave today. And I wanna say, if you're a businesswoman like me, if you're a businessman, if you're a doctor, if you're a nurse, if you're a teacher, if you have a skill, a vocational skill, we need you on the field. And it, it is incredible to see what God can do with the skill sets that we have. I'm a business person, I'm not an evangelist. But we have seen God do amazing, amazing things for his kingdom through our business skills. So God bless you guys. Love that. Melissa and her organization are such a great example of faith-based organizations and government organizations and other nonprofit um, um, NGOs getting together and working for the good of um, refugees. And you can be involved too. Next up is, and thank you, Melissa, thank you. Next up is our focus on children, advocating for children. And let's take a look at Village of Hope. Each child you look at in Village of Hope is a living testimony. It is only God who could transform their lives from where they were to where they are now. In the north, there were rebels that were abducting small children, and God has called us to help those children to be transformed so that they can be leaders in their communities, in their homes, and in the country of Uganda. We have now a girl that is teaching at our elementary school. So she lived with us, she grew up at the village, God changed and transformed her life from a child soldier, but now she's an elementary school teacher. And at each one of our villages, 
There's homes, they have a mom, they have two aunties that take care of them. We have schools, we also have our church, we have our own pastor, and the children lead the worship, which is so awesome to see. You've never had church until you've had church in Africa, especially at our church in Village of Hope. We cannot bring a child unless they have a sponsor to come to the village. And so it's my prayer that you know more people choose to come and walk with us along this road so we can continue taking care of the kids. We have people that have been so much involved in their lives and it has not only ministered to the kid, but honestly, you are being ministered to. We love Village of Hope, Uganda. We love them. We love Cindy Cunningham. Well, hi, Bent Tree. It's so good to see you guys again. My name's Amy Cedrone, and I have the honor of introducing you all to my dear friend, Dr. Joy Dahl. She's the executive director for the Polish Network. And what you guys may not know is that when I came off staff, Joy asked me to speak for Polish Network, and then she asked me to work for them part-time. And so I am the national director at the Polish Network, and it's my thrill to be able to talk to you guys today or have Joy uh, talk to you about what we're doing at the Polish Network to empower women. Joy, tell us a little bit about why empowering women is so important. Yes, uh, absolutely. First, let me just say I am a member of Bentry for over 10 years, so it's my absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, Bentry was part of my doctoral studies. I did my research here, focusing on integration of faith and work. So I love Bentry and just love that you're a part of what we're doing. Um, so for empowering women at Polish, that means equipping and empowering women for the whole of life. And that includes where we spend a lot of our time and effort at work. All women are created in the image of God who works. All of us are called and sent as his ambassadors, according to 2 Corinthians 5. God has always been ascending God, and he is inviting women, particularly workplace women, to join him in his mission. That's so great. You know, as we were standing outside in the lobby, a woman came up to me this morning and she just said, what does Polished do? What exactly do you do? So Joy, share what Polished does. Absolutely. Polished gathers women to navigate the workplace and explore faith together in authentic community. We are a safe place to wrestle with the hard questions of God and faith. And we really serve as a bridge between the church and the workplace in cross-cultural missions. The church and the workplace are two different people groups with different languages and expectations and norms, but working women speak both languages. And so we want to invite women in. We want to be a gathering place where we truly can develop sisterhood relationships, take the next step in our faith as we also grow professionally. We have local chapters meeting in person, we have national chapter that Amy leads where we are gathering women across the country. 
We have our Boldly Conference, first ever Faith and Work Conference coming up in two weeks. And we're an opportunity for women to mentor, to advise, to come alongside others, to have leadership opportunities where they can grow and develop their skills. It's wonderful. So why is that even important? Can you share some of the stats that we're seeing? Absolutely. Well, I'm a CFO by trade, so I love statistics. Anytime you want to share some statistics, you come see me. But two of the important ones are that 45 million working women in the United States identify as Christian, but less than one third are actively engaged in faith community. For those that are Christ followers, that are believers, we're struggling. We're struggling to find purpose. This time of COVID has been difficult. A lot of us have lost community and we're looking for like-minded women that we can grow together, walk together, encourage one another. But also in that 45 million women are women who identify as Christian, but they don't know Christ. They don't know what it means to have a relationship with Christ. And so we also want to invite them in to walk along this bridge together. Something that sets Polished apart from other workplace organizations is that at every gathering, we share what we call the big story of the Bible, which is the gospel message. We want all women to come to Saving Faith we want to grow in our sisterhood as we also grow in our careers, which is our workplace mission field. It's so great. You know, Joy, as long as I've known you, you have had a burden for workplace ministry. Matter of fact, your whole doctoral dissertation was on workplace ministry. And one of the things that you have always said or had a concern about is that it's often not talked about from the church pulpit. Well, girl... You're on the church pulpit. Share us why this is your burden. Okay, one more stat. <laughs> the American workplace has been deemed the third largest unreached people group in the world. And the church has missionaries on that mission field every single day. But a lot of us don't feel like we're ambassadors. We don't feel equipped. We don't feel sent. And the church hasn't been equipped or sending people as workplace missionaries. And so that is a burden. There is no sacred secular divide. If we want to do something important for God, we don't have to quit our job and to go into mission work. We don't have to go around the world, although that's an incredible opportunity. But there's work for us to do right where God has strategically placed us. He wants us to be living as whole life disciples. He wants us to be kingdom people, taking the kingdom of God out into the lost and hurting world. And so I wanna dispel the myth of sacred secular. There is no sacred space. Everything God created is sacred and he's sending us to go with him and to be missionaries with him. And you know, one of the things I love, love, love about this church is that Bentry has a passion to see women, women in particular, share the gifts that God has given them. When I was here, I got to preach in front of thousands of people. And quite frankly, there are leadership gifts, skills and abilities that working women have that many of them do not have that kind of opportunity to share those things in their own faith communities. Some churches don't allow that. And so one of the things that we're passionate about, we're so grateful for you, for Bentry for, is the fact that you partner alongside us to empower women, working women. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we also ask that you would be involved with Polished. And there's three ways that you can do that, that we'd love to share with you. 
The first is that we would love for you working women to join a local chapter. We actually have three Polish chapters right here in the Metroplex, actually four if you count Fort Worth. As a matter of fact, our North Dallas chapter director, Carrie Johnson, is in the lobby and she would love to chat with you if you're interested in that. Number two, we would love to invite you to a, one of our webinars, our Lunch and Learn. We are always on time right at noon. We start at noon, end at one. We'd love for you to join in. And then number three, I'd love you, uh, Joy, to talk about is to come to or to watch the Boldly Conference. We have a few seconds. Can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. So something the Lord placed on my heart is that there has never been a faith and work conference specifically for women. So in two weeks, we are launching the first ever Boldly Conference, Faith and Work Conference by Women for Women. We would love to invite you. Bintry is going to have a watch party here. And as a thank you to Bintry, we're actually offering a 50% discount code. So come see us out at the table put something in the chat saying you're interested, we'll get in touch with you. And we're just excited. God has created us boldly with purpose. He wants us to lead boldly with faith perspective. And he wants us to live boldly with passion. And we'll be talking all about that at the Boldly Conference. Thank you so much, Bentry. Our King of Kings once more today. And the work of Jesus going on all around the world. You may take a seat for just a few moments. I hope what you've heard today is a while the world has been on lockdown, the kingdom of God has been breaking through and breaking out. Amen. The kingdom of God is advancing. The gospel is being preached. The church of Jesus is being built. And the movement of Christ's followers are spreading all around the world because the gospel cannot be hindered. And the power of the Holy Spirit cannot be stopped. And I love how our brother Carlos said it, that crisis is the fuel for gospel ministry. Crisis is the fuel for the gospel ministry. May that be the case here in Dallas and in our greater region and all around the world. As I was listening to these stories, we've been in First Peter the last couple of weeks, and I was reminded of this passage from chapter 1 that we read a little bit last weekend. And First Peter chapter 1, verse 10, reads like this about our great, precious salvation. Peter writes this, concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that would come to you, searched and carefully investigated they inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Peter is talking about the precious salvation we share in the gospel of Jesus, preached to us through the Holy Spirit. And he said, for a long time, for centuries before the cross, the prophets were told about the coming Messiah, about his suffering and his resurrection. And these prophets, they faithfully wrote down what God was revealing to them, but they were so curious they were investigating the times and the places of these things that would happen. But God told them they were not serving themselves, but they were serving us. These prophets were called to share what they had not yet experienced. 
They were called to share what they had not experienced. They wished they could have seen the cross. They wished they could have been on this side of the cross, looking back at the redemptive story of God fully unfolding. The angels looked into the beautiful, manifold wisdom of God, his plan of salvation. They had no idea how God would save humanity and the work of the cross. They looked in, longing with deep desire to know these things. But we are on this side of the cross. So while the prophets shared what they had not experienced, we get to share what we have experienced. We get to tell this gospel story that has changed us. The blood of Jesus wasn't shed for angels. It was shed for you and I. We have a story that angels can't even tell. We have a song to sing that even angels cannot sing. It's about how amazing God's grace has been to us. We were lost and now we have been found. We were far from God, now he has come to us. We were living in darkness and this light of the gospel has reached us. But I think it's fascinating that though the prophets shared what they haven't experienced, we have a hard time sharing what we have experienced. And this morning in this hour of storytelling, it is to compel you, it is to rekindle your heart, my heart, our church's heart. There is a gospel to be preached. There are people to be reached who are unreached. There are churches to strengthen. There are women to empower, children to advocate for, and crisis to respond to. This is a unique hour in history. This is a unique moment in history. All of the facades have been revealed. All of the securities we have held onto have come crumbling down. Now is the moment for the gospel of Jesus to shine. The only hope of the world. And we carry that hope and it is too good to keep it a secret. We cannot be content living comfortable lives. While people are suffering, they're going to an eternity apart from Christ. Some of you God will call overseas. Some of you God will call into your workplace, the third largest unreached place in the world, the American workplace. Some of you, God will call to your neighbor, your family member, your friends, your coworkers, wherever they may be. Who is God calling you to? Because we who have experienced this good news, we are all sharers of this good news. We are all evangelists in our own way. You have gifts and callings and passions God's placed in you. It's our moment to bring the light of Jesus to the darkest places in the world. We get to be used by God in doing so. We're on this side of the cross. We have a privilege and a responsibility that prophets nor angels had. So we are ordinary people, everyday people, normal people who have been called to experience and share this extraordinary love of Jesus with the world. Three things I want to invite you today that probably every Mission Sunday will invite you to. The first one is to pray. You met people, you know names today that you didn't know before. There were 25 partners out in the lobby. We put them right in front of you so you couldn't miss them. I want you to meet some of them, hear some of their stories. Grab a card. And I'm praying today when you get home, you will write something in your prayer journal that wasn't there before. These are our brothers and sisters on the front lines. These are our partners in ministry. 
Today, will you find some new way to pray for them? Every day, God, I'm praying for so-and-so. I'm praying for this ministry. I'm praying for this effort. I want to see this happen in the world. Let's join them on our knees and pray. You are called to give. We are all called to give of our financial resources, of resourcing our partners and seeing the gospel of Jesus advance in the world. You can download the Bentry app or go online to bentrys.org slash missions. You can give directly to our partners in projects and missionaries. None of those resources that get designated go towards administrative costs or personnel or anything on this side. It goes directly to our partners. We encourage you to do that over and beyond your normal giving to the general ministry fund. In 2019, because of the challenges of COVID, we had to reduce our missions fund from 1.8 million to 1.3. So we took a $500,000 cut. And that impacted our missionaries and partners around the world. I'm hoping that our fiscal, now, fiscal year now is from August to July. So we've just entered into our new fiscal year last month. And I'm hoping by, by next year in July, when we look back, we can be back at that 1.8 million. We can gain back the $500,000 so that we can restore partnership. We can find new people to support, new projects, new endeavors to advance the gospel, new places. I'm amazed that we are in 28 different countries. Perhaps there are more places that God is calling us to, to deepen the work of the gospel. Let God stir up deep generosity in your heart. I heard today from Village of Hope that they have 150 children ready to be sponsored, waiting for a sponsor. Perhaps God is calling you to one of these areas to make a difference. When you go online, you'll see what used to be called faith promise, which was our missions giving. It's now just called missions giving or missions, just to make it easy so that you know exactly what you are giving to. We encourage you to do that. All of us can pray. Most of us can give. And many of us will be called to go somewhere. As soon as the borders open up, find a place to go to. Make a difference. I want to do a, a trip to all of these places in the near future. May what God is doing there inspire us here. We have so much to learn about the global church from the global church and how it can impact our lives here. Find a trip to take your families to. What a beautiful venue of discipleship to take your kids into one of these places that you can take them and show them what God's doing in the world. But you don't have to cross the seas. You can cross the street. And make a difference there. You can all go wherever you go. Where any time we dismiss on a Sunday, you are being sent into the world. This is just a huddle moment for us to gather and experience God's love and tell the stories. But when we leave, God is using us. He is sending us. He is launching us into whatever sphere of life you are in. So let's pray, let's give, and let's go wherever God is sending us to make a difference for the gospel because this is the only thing that will eternally matter. Reaching people with the goodness of Jesus, discipling them, meeting real needs, being the hands and feet of Jesus, putting clothes on the back of kids, feeding the hungry, caring for women and children trafficked into a, a horrible evil of sex trafficking. We have a moment that we can make a difference, and we're inviting you to pray. How can God use you this year, this season, to make a difference? I want to thank God for our missions pastor, Ken Pfeiffer, and our missions team, Tammy Gray and Alice Klan. Can we thank God for them? With having less resources and less staffing, they have been engaged through our church all around the world. I'm so grateful for them. Maybe you're here today, and... You're not yet following Jesus. He's inviting you into a new life. 
And it's the love of Jesus that compels us. It's the love of Jesus, the grace of Christ that we have experienced that propels us into the world to make a difference for his name because we have been so transformed by him. We can't keep this a secret and we invite you to taste this good news. He loves you. He's calling you wherever you are. Maybe you're joining us online today. He's got a plan for you. He wants to make you new. Maybe you feel like your heart is dark and things are going all wrong. He wants to bring light and hope to wherever you are. You are on his mind today. You are his greatest priority. He sent his son to go to a cross to pay the penalty of your sin, my sin, so that we would have eternal life, new life, new beginning in Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, we thank you that though you don't need us, you want us. You've called us to make a difference in the world. We will never know the results of our work until we get to glory and we see all that you did all around the world through small things, big things, through small steps of obedience. Whatever we get to be a part of, we know that you are faithful. Some of us, we may feel like the gifts we have to offer are little, like the loaves and fish, what seems so little in the grand scheme of things. But if we can do our part, if we can say yes to the, to the, the things that you're stirring in our heart, it will be enough because you are enough. So we trust you. Move us to the nations. Move us to people who are far from you, here and around the world. May we spend our lives for the only thing that matters, the souls of people encountering the love of Jesus so that they can too talk about this marvelous light that we have experienced. I thank you for our partners and missionaries all around the world and here in the Dallas area. God, we pray that you would give us all a renewed, fresh vision of what you are doing. And in this season where things seem so dark and unprecedented, we believe that these unprecedented crises are setting up an unprecedented move of God so that we could see things we have never seen before. The revival is breaking out, and we are not just waiting on a move of God. We are the move of God that you started when you sent the Holy Spirit, empowering us to make a difference wherever we go. So use us, we pray. We're available to you. As a church, we recommit our heart and our resources and our energy to what you are doing in the world. Make us uncomfortable. Move us into the places of darkness to bring this extraordinary love and this bright light of Jesus. So strengthen our partners, strengthen us as we go now and make a difference for your cause and your glory. We thank you, we love you. In Jesus' name, we pray. God bless you. Bentry, say hi to some of our partners. We'll see you back next Sunday.